0: they're also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw room void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey alexa hey siri
1: play brook play brook 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 play
0: that sh-t. play brook on iHeartRadio.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of Playbrook on iHeartRadio. This time I'm talking to one of my favorite people of all time, Doc Winter, um, who almost hired me one time and then didn't, and I got hired by somebody else back in L.A., and then I made my way back over to Doc's radio station because I really wanted to be in urban radio. So he um, has been a really an amazing support system for me throughout the years that I was living in L.A. Um, he's helped me through a lot of horrible times. He's been there for some of the best times. He's been one of my biggest cheerleaders and um, I will never forget any of it. And he's just such an amazing person, but also such a boss. So I had to talk to him. Um, I know he's super busy. I'm actually surprised he sat down with me for 40 minutes. So this is crazy. But uh, here we go. We are FaceTiming. Couldn't record the video on my phone because it just didn't save. So that sucks. But, um, you know, we have all the audio. So this is episode number five. Playbrook on iHeartRadio. Let's go. All
2: right, let's go.
1: Okay. So, Doc Winner, what yeah. would you I mean, first of all, what what's your official title cuz I don't want to title you?
2: Um, Executive Vice President of Urban your phone's Hip falling. Hop Strategy. <laughs> Is my phone falling?
0: Yeah. Hey.
2: Okay. Uh uh what I say? Uh Executive uh Vice President of Urban Hip Hop Strategy.
1: Okay. I think. But you're also yeah. PD of Real. PD of Real. Yeah. right so that's just
2: and father of coal and
1: something else oh yeah how's the, the baby? baby
2: oh man he's amazing he's the best
1: that's crazy like that He'd you have a whole seed and it, wait yes. how old is uh, he now a year
2: no 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 he's uh he just turned nine months oh, okay. uh saturday yeah because so i just remember crawling,
1: like around this time yeah. i was back in la for your guys's baby shower that's what it was April. yeah April. Yes. it
2: was actually my birthday last year yeah. so
1: that was a lot It'll of fun. It'll
2: be one in June. That was a great time, wasn't it? It
1: was. It was, time, it was nice. Okay. So basically, I want to like talk to you a little bit about kind of like this generation in radio and I guess like your opinions on certain things as far as us coming up and trying to get your attention and trying to get our way into radio. I know it's hard for a lot of us to know the right way to do it. And it's yeah. it's kind of difficult to know like how to get your attention. So how would you say, well, first of all, I mean, like, how long have you been doing radio? How long has this been a thing for you?
2: Uh, got into radio uh, in college, and I've been with iHeart for 30 years, so it's been Jesus Christ. somewhere north of that number.
1: You mean Clear Channel and then iHeart?
2: Uh, it was j first, then it was Clear Channel.
1: I don't even know and what that then, is.
2: Actually, it was National something, and then j bought us, then j merged with Clear Channel, and then <laughs> Clear Channel became iHeart.
1: How many stations have you worked for?
2: uh worked for
1: yeah like like
2: physically lived in the building well or launched or been involved with
1: well yeah physically like in the building like you as an on-air personality and then like moving your way up through the ladder
2: i worked for uh wnou and willimantic
1: what is that wnou
2: willimantic connecticut okay
1: (laughs) okay go on
2: yeah so that was the first commercial station I worked for my college station Trinity College in Hartford that's one Uh, WNOU uh, new 98 whatever the station was called um, in Willimantic that's two then I worked for WNHC in New Haven that's three then I worked for KC 101 I was the black guy on a top 40 station that was fun
1: awesome there's always one that was
2: fun <laughs> great story uh um when a listener came to the station one day because she thought i was blonde and had blue hair uh, not blue eyes uh, i let her down obviously oh um, she, she didn't think
1: there. that
2: was better uh no no oh, not okay. at all
1: all right well to each, <laughs> to each, each his uh, own you
2: know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so what was that uh so casey 101 was four
1: okay
2: i think and then i went to KMJM in st louis and i and i did quiet storm and that's me became the pd that's when jay Carr bought us and they that's asked when me i was if born I would, that was when you were born yeah um probably not but uh but anyway um they you. they wanted me to they asked me if i would move to jacksonville florida mm-hmm. to be the pd there and i had honestly never heard of jacksonville florida other than the fact that when the rams left st louis i'm, I'm sorry when the rams left la to come to st louis yeah. uh right before that there was a um there was a it was an opportunity uh for uh the rams to get another football team uh it, they i forgot what they called it, but it's a new team yeah and and st louis was the odds-on favorite because they were the biggest market yeah and jacksonville won and i remember being in st louis when they made the announcement and everybody was like the fuck is Jacksonville, <laughs> Florida?
1: I, <laughs> well, like, I didn't know about it until you told me you worked there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, Florida, yeah.
2: And I never heard of it. And so then, obviously, you know, a few months later, uh, they asked me to go there. And I'm like, why would I leave market number? I think St. Louis was 18 at the time. Yeah. I said, why would I lo- leave market number 20 to go work at market number 50?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but then I realized who I was going to be working with and Kevin Matheny was among the people I was going to be working with. Kevin was the guy, if you ever watched the Howard Stern movie, the one that was trying to teach Howard to say WNBC, just one of the most brilliant programming minds uh, radio has yeah. ever known. And I and I so enjoyed working with him. Uh, but he was one of the reasons why I wanted to go. I wanted to be in an environment to learn. Uh, Steve Smith, who um, had previously worked with Power 106 and MS okay. and Hot 97 in New York, he was yeah. the consultant for the station. And then I also had an Urban AC there, and I was trying to lure them into having a guy by the name of Barry Mayo, who was also a brilliant programming mind, uh, launched KISS FM in New York back in the 80s. So I saw myself like, man, I'm going to yeah. like the grad school of radio right. to work with these guys. So I will leave market number 18 or 20 to go work in market number 50. Yeah, And um, I mean, oddly enough, it, it, it worked out. Yeah. To be the best decision I'd ever made, much to the chagrin of a lot of my staff members and family and friends were like, "Yo, what are you doing? Leaving? Yeah, you're like you're going backwards. And I think there's a great lesson in there about your route. Yeah, like your route is going to be different from every- like most people don't start off in L.A. and then do what you did. But yeah. I think it's the best thing for you. And I think I think you'll end up back here. You know, sooner rather than See, later. But so. that
1: you keep saying that, but nobody really knows. And like, you know, like I would love to be back there. But that it's it's hard to tell at this point. It's hard to tell, I guess, in, in radio and how things are working. And you know, people are always retiring and moving on, but people also like to hold on to their market number two jobs and you never really know. Yeah what is going to be ahead or, you know, if it's going to take you two years or if it's going to take you 10. And I think like, I've also gone through my own. And that's another question I wanted to ask you, like, you know, you moving around so much, was there ever a point in time where you felt like maybe this isn't for me or, you know, like this, this is a lot of work for one thing or, you know, like, did you ever question yourself when you moved around?
2: No, I, I was, um, I always felt like I was making the right decision. I've always felt like I've had God in my corner. Yeah. I mean, my again, my route is the atypical route. Like I was launching a station in New York City and I had never worked in a major market before. Yeah, You know, I, I mean, it's just not. But I went with what I thought was the best thing for me and for my family. But at the end of the day, I mean, I never thought I'd end up with this job. But this job didn't even exist when I first got in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, the, uh, the, only time, the only thing I ever really knew uh, was companies had small heads of programming. And, and actually, the guy who was the head of programming for j uh, Cor. Comp- was it J-Corp? No, it was the company before it was j and the name lose me right now. But he's the person that, that made me change my name to Doc,
0: mm. uh, because
2: he said there were no black people in St. Louis named Dave. And, and I never, I, I kind of really, I didn't really understand what his role was. I knew he was our boss. I knew yeah. he, he didn't live in that city, yeah. but he was the guy that was telling us what to do. So as as I'm trying to learn about this infrastructure and, and who this person is, mm-hmm. um, never thinking that I was going to be that same person, but on a much grander scale, Right. I immediately developed some, um this need to be more sincere to people and and mm. and not make overriding decisions like that based yeah. on things that i don't really know
1: yeah making um, assumptions i feel like a lot of people do in this yeah, industry yeah and,
2: and again he was an old he was an older white guy and and he he felt that the the names of african-american men in st louis at that time were a little more ethnic than mine was yeah and my name was dave and and i had worked with that name before but he wanted me to change it to doc but i'm I, you know i, I feel like I, doc I is like kind like of not
1: ethnic either you know what i mean though I, like i get it but it's like you know dave to doc like i feel like that's kind of like a parallel hey, it, was a li- it was a list
2: yeah Ima- imagine <laughs> it was a list that was given to me it, if it were 20 names, 19 were horrible. Yeah. And I saw Doc, and I was like, okay, at least I can keep the same initial, and cool, let's just go with that. But and your real I... last name is Winter? Yeah.
1: That's your real last name. It's yeah, not like a cool, we're like, we're like radio no, name? No, man. No, it's okay. Jamaican,
2: man. It's just <laughs> oh, is it Jamaicans. really? Yeah.
1: Winter you with see. a Y is Jamaican? I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah but I mean, uh, Jamaica used to be from under British rule, ah. and typically British... They flip the I for the Y.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, my next question is for all those people mm-hmm. who are trying to reach out to you. Since you seem to be kind of like an elusive guy and like it's really hard to get a meeting with you, and you mm-hmm. know, like obviously anybody who wants to work in urban radio would love to know you. And mm-hmm. people ask me, mm-hmm. you know, people try to go through me to get to you all the time. And I'm trying to tell yeah. them like that's not necessarily how, how much it works. do you
2: charge them? With the
0: Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: I don't the charge them charge. anything because I'm a nice well, person, man, unlike you. Business, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, what is the um, best way to reach out? Is it email? Is it finding you on social media? Like, what is it?
2: It's probably it's probably email. Yeah. I mean, I try to be, I mean, if you walked up to me in the middle of the street and stopped me and told me who you were, I would have a conversation with you. It's just who I am. Yeah. Um, but it, as you imagine, it, it's it's a lot more difficult now, especially since I have a station that I run day to day that's extremely busy. You know, yeah. a lot of staff. Um, yeah, and do. obviously a lot people. of things to do. And, and my email is absolutely insane. I do my best to try to navigate through it and respond. But sometimes people come through friends and sometimes people just wait outside the radio station. Yeah, Sometimes people will find out I'm at an event or something and they'll approach me there. I've, had, I've been approached at the gym.
1: Does that annoy you? Is that like, are, is it okay for people to approach you in that way or wait for you outside of an event? Oh,
2: yeah. You know me. I'm not like that. Well, I, I
1: know, care, but I, I, mean, I never know if it's like the right way because, you know, specific, especially like with, with PDs, like some yeah. will get offended. Some will feel like a certain kind of way if you would, you know, approach them di- like the wrong way or something, But c- because yeah. sometimes I don't even know how to reach out. And you know, I'm in this industry, and I know you, and I know John Ivey, yeah. and like you guys are, you know, like I consider you guys mentors, but I could 100% yeah. understand the intimidation that somebody would feel, like, "Oh my gosh, I want this so much. If this is the right guy to look, you know, look for yeah. and reach out to, what is the right way to do this?" Because I don't want to put my foot in my mouth and yeah, ruin I, it. I mean,
2: I get it because I was once one of those guys. I was the guy yeah. that was sitting in the room at the conventions, looking at those guys yeah. that were sitting up on the on the dais or the panel, and wanting to be. I don't even know if I said I, I, if I wanted to be one of them. I just I was just impressed and. Yeah. Thing. And yet, it it is difficult to to break through. I remember when I was in that position and sending uh, resumes and tapes, and and I found that it was always someone who you knew who might be able to get a PD to listen to your air check, as yeah. opposed to um
1: like a cold send,
2: just or like the just... cold send. Yeah. And and I mean, it's it's there's a lot of people who are looking to get on the air, so uh, I know it, it's 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 a task. It's a challenge. I think it, I think it prepares you for uh, the inevit- inevitability. If you If you are good, I think people will find you. If you're good, you're hungry, and you're um, you know, you're passionate about pursuing what it is that you want to do. Yeah, um, I, I think you'll be found. And, and I can respect that because again, I was that person. I left a computer uh, programming career uh, again, against my parents' better wishes to pursue something. That I that I was just passionate about. The idea of doing something that I wasn't passionate about for a living for the rest of my life was yeah. scary. Yeah. And that first job, I mean, after the training program, and I started to sit down in front of a computer for eight hours and write code. I was like,
1: that wow. Sounds like the worst thing ever.
2: This is horrible. I can't do this. And, um, I was lucky enough to continue, you know, after I graduated from college, I kept doing radio. And so I was working at a radio station and I mean, I knew I was good because people would tell me and then people would ask me, I would frequently be asked, Hey, you want to work here full time? And I was like a corporate, I was like, "No, I think I just want to do this as a hobby because I'm a corporate guy and you know, I wear a shirt and a tie and I go to work and, but all the while I was like, man, I do not want to do this for the rest of my life. So I would, um, I would, um, there's somebody trying to hit me up right now. Oh, one. really?
1: <laughs> so, I was like, so cool, I'm paused. Cool.
2: So what I would, uh... paused, <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> so I would um, you know, I and it, w- it was actually f- uh, finally um, I was a computer programmer and I was working at this top, this uh, urban station, AM urban station in Connecticut. And I was about to go on vacation, which was a luxury in our business because yeah. people that worked at this station, they didn't go on vacation because they didn't really have any money. Um and uh, they asked me if I would fill in for the morning guy and
0: Dang. I didn't even
2: hesitate. I was like oh uh, yeah just me, yeah. Him, me figure out a way to cancel my vacation and postpone it yeah and uh, I worked for for him and at the end of the week she asked me if I would consider doing it full time
0: yeah
2: which was awkward because I really liked the guy that I was filling in for mm. you know, he was he and I were we were really really cool.
1: there's that radio thing. and
2: but I had to accept it. Of course, and it was it was great when he and I finally began to talk. Yeah, I mean, when we talked after when he was getting ready to leave, he's like, "Hey, man, I I know that you didn't undercut me. You know, I know that it was just she wanted somebody younger. She wanted somebody she could market, and you know, it, you Aww. just happened to be there. And and it was great. And and later on, when I got this job, I was able to give him a job. Mm. Which was crazy, and it had yeah. to be like maybe ten years later I was able to yeah. to give him a job. So, um, yeah, well, did I answer the question?
0: <laughs> you went very
2: left. You went very yeah, left, went but that's okay. Good... Was, the was there was and... there ever
1: a moment when you were in radio where you consider that it might not be for you?
2: Yeah, because when? my plan was similar to yeah. your plan. Like I wanted to be the motherfucker in two years. I wanted to be the man. Like, I was like, yo, I don't have any time for all of this shit. I got to yeah. be in New York in two years.
1: It's Well, it's not even that I had a you know, a plan like that. It's just I happened to. I mean, remember, like, the the day that I came to meet you for the first time? Mm-hmm. You had no jobs available for me. I didn't mm-hmm. know that I would walk away with a job that day because John Ivey yeah. was the one who hired me. So yeah. did I think I was going to make it in L.A. and that was going to be my first job out of college? No, like that wasn't my plan at all. But yeah. yeah, to have gone from market number two to market number twenty-four is definitely a bit of a culture shock. But anyway, go on.
2: Yeah, but, like- but again, our 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 paths were similar because, like, yeah. when you walked in the room, you had presence. It was like, yo, who's hiring that girl? Like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, Aww. oh yeah, we're not going to talk to her. Like, people were like making room to talk to you when you came through. So, Aww. um, but in terms of you, people, people, um you know putting that battery in your in your back and saying yo you can do this yeah. um and i was in a hurry cuz i was like man I, I gave up my career and so i mm-hmm. actually got an audition in new york city in t- within 2 years like i said i was yeah. which was bananas yeah. so i i did
1: too that's what's funny yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: so i go audition <laughs> at my favorite radio station that i grew up listening to yeah wbls in new york and Again, I, I I come from a very structured background. I played basketball. I went to college. I you know, I worked as a computer programmer. And I, and I walk into what are the biggest call letters I've ever been associated with in my life. And it was so, and this is no disrespect to, to BLS, which is still on, but it was so contrary to what I thought. Meaning yeah. there were seven guys in the studio, none of whom worked there, just hanging out <laughs> at the radio station. <laughs>
1: I mean, I couldn't that's what get I'm used of... to, it real.
2: <laughs> no, no, this was on some bizarre sh- This was no. like, you don't even work here. I do you in the building, yeah. just hanging out. And I couldn't get a hold of the program director, did not know mm. how to run the board. Yeah. And thank God, this guy who I actually just ran into again the other day, and he, he remembered and had no idea that I was the same person, <laughs> but this was back in 1982
1: five
2: or six or seven or something <laughs> like that that's funny he called me up and he said young brother let me help you out because I had no idea I, I I mean you know you got true before you audition you get trained there's a yeah. training to how to run the board what to yeah. say what to do and I was so nervous and I didn't know what to do and then there's the seven guys sitting in the studio I have no idea if they're gonna rob me once I get off oh the my air God. It's, just, it's just a Horrific experience, and then I accidentally said the station that I worked at call letters on the radio in New York City,
0: oh, and wow. I was,
2: I was, I was done. I thought my career was over. I knew I wasn't going to get the job. You didn't get it? No, no, no. But here's the crazy thing: so I don't get that job. I'm my, I'm just destroyed. Right, my confidence, everything is destroyed. And like a week later. I get an offer to go to St. Louis to become the uh, production director.
1: Okay.
2: Which I've never done before. I can splice tape together. Never done production. Never done imaging. Oh yeah, because this is so back I,
1: when I don't even know what any of that means, honestly. Like, well, you know
2: the, what what Quasi does basically. The well, yeah, guy. but I mean,
1: but you're you're talking about like actual like like
2: putting to uh, tape promos. What? promos Stuff, and edit right? you know when you we used to we used to record on tape
1: yeah no that and you have yeah. to like do it by hand right it's not like yeah and, digital... and so if
2: you wanted to you yeah. if somebody said fuck and you wanted to edit it out mm. and should i be cursing on this this is a you curse can, yes uh,
1: yes you can curse on this
2: i can curse okay yes, yes it's curse. fucking crazy i'm glad i did <laughs> uh so so anyway you would have to splice out the word and then tape the tape back right, together right and you do this while you're on the air That's chewing up your records like, like, and so, flashback to now, like, you see why I get pissed off when I walk into my studio and the studio's automated and the jock wants a board op. Get the fuck out of here. Are you crazy? <laughs> oh
1: my God. I yeah. ran my
2: own shit. I queued up my records. <laughs> hey, I was the board op that y'all t- would
1: make run the show. So I get it. You like, know what believe I'm saying? me. Yeah. I'm like,
2: everybody wants a board op. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I ended up getting the job to St. So instead of going to New York, which has always been my plan, Instead of going to New York, I'm moving to St. Louis. St. Louis to take this production director job, which I honestly was not qualified for. But the PD, the, the, the production director, became the program director, and then I became his production director. And what I did, what I what I had learned while I was in Connecticut, um, I worked with Tom Pullman, who's now mm, yeah. our boss.
1: I love Tom. He's so nice. And Tom
2: Tom showed me, introduced me to music scheduling. Yeah. So now I go to St. Louis as the operation, as the as the production guy, and the program director. With the Lucky
0: Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Director has no idea how to schedule music, so instead of me doing production, I'm actually scheduling music. What? And so the general the general what? manager is like, okay, so who's doing production? I'm like, I don't know, but we need to schedule music, otherwise the music's not going to be on the radio, yeah. right? And so, and so then I became, I I, I later became the. Hosted a quiet storm, and I became the assistant program director. Then I became the program director, and then they asked me to go to uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, I went to Jacksonville, had some success uh, with WSOl and uh, JBT the Beat. Yeah, and at the time we had five Urbans. We had three. We had two in Jacksonville, two in St. Louis, and one in San Diego. So I became the director of urban programming. In December of 1999, had five stations to oversee, and I'm thinking, man, they're about to make me a millionaire.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think
2: they gave me ten thousand dollars. Oh, to, wait, to what be, to oversee? But but the story gets even crazier. So
0: <laughs> you're like, I well, get wait, the job. there's
2: more. I, I know. I'm I'm overseeing the five urbans. It's it's late December, and I walk into work one day. And in Jacksonville, and my and my market manager is just looking at me. He's like, man, I got bad news. I said, what? He said, we just got bought by Clear Channel. Mm. And I haven't even signed my new contract yet oh, to be the director of urban programming. And and all I think about is Clear Channel. That's WGCI, yep. WUSL, mm. WDAS. That's all of these humongous urban brands. Yep. There is no way that they are making me the director of urban programming, given the fact that I had been doing the job for all of two weeks over those big brands.
1: But what happened so, next?
2: So I I went in my office. I sat in my office, closed the door, and I was like, "This is crazy! Like, wow!" Aww. And I put a call into my boss at the time, whose name was Tom Owens, and uh, we because we were in the midst of doing my contract, and I was like, "Hey, man, um, so." I guess this idea of me being the director of urban programming no longer exists. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I mean, he goes, we're, we, we just merged with clear channel, but Randy Michaels and myself are going to be running the programming and you're going to oversee the urbans instead of now, instead of it now being five stations, it's going to be 35 stations. You know what's weird? What?
1: My engineer walked in earlier. That's who I like I was looking at or whatever, and he literally had on his phone two words and it was Randy Michaels.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah, Why did Randy he do Michaels. that?
1: Why he was, Did he, he was think you pre- were Randy Michaels?
2: No, he knew I worked for Randy. Oh yeah, I worked for Randy. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Oh was that yeah, just Randy like was... that was a really weird moment. I'm sorry. What the hell? Okay, go Randy on. Randy <laughs> was the he
2: was the pre- he was the president of uh JCOR program. Okay. <laughs> And then when J-Core and Clear Channel merged, he wow. became the president of Clear Channel programming. Okay. Um, and it it, it it didn't last for a long time, I, I want to say. Randy was just different. Randy yeah. was, was drop-your-pants-and-walk-through-the-hallway kind of okay. CEO. Okay, <laughs> wow. You know, just... Not anything perverse, but just that was his way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. well,
1: but but that is perverse. I mean, like if that was his way, that's kind of you know it's kind of creepy. Well, just I mean, saying. If depending on your definition of perverse, fun. I thought I, it was funny. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what year was this again? <laughs> that's why you thought it was funny because that's yeah, not going to fly true. in 2019. Yeah, you're right. So basically, uh-huh. you lived everywhere. Like I mean, in, in different. I mean, you've been lived in the Midwest, in the South, in the Northeast, and now the West.
2: Yeah, grew up in New York. College in Connecticut, moved to St. Louis, which is probably the biggest adjustment. People in St. Louis talk different. You know that, right?
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> People yeah. tell me all the time I don't have an accent, but...
2: So they would always tell me, you're not from St. Louis.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, I, I mean, know. yeah, definitely different areas. I mean, you've heard, you heard Nelly talk, right? Like, yeah. there is like a certain way
2: yeah, there's a, there's of a talking. And even, even in New York. Like, I hated my New York accent. I'm so glad it's gone.
1: Yeah, you don't have and any then I accent. Had also
2: yeah, I also had a Jamaican accent because my parents were from Jamaica and I would spend time there. So I would, that would become a Oh, I wish you still had
1: that. That I would be turn awesome. I it from time to
2: time. Okay, my, well, my mom still speaks.
1: I'm going to have it. to hear it at some point because that's amazing. But now yeah. that you're like on the West Coast and, and you see up close and personal L.A. hip hop and that mm-hmm. L.A. scene, what is the biggest like standout aspect of that, like the hip hop culture in L.A.? Because everybody loves to talk about it, you know, and go different. back and forth.
2: I I I think that L A has definitely been, you know, they they it's like its own little world, and it's definitely yes. been cut off from the rest of the world. And not to say that you know, and that's in a negative way, but yeah. it had it has it has a sound, uh, it has an expectation. Uh, there, I think there's a sound within the black community in. In um, LA, and then I think there's a sound within the Latino community Yes. that's different.
1: And that was a culture um, shock for me when I came yeah, out.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And it, you know, growing up in New York, um, I'm a first generation hip hop person, so I yeah. I remember playing the first hip hop record, King Tim the Third, off the Fatback Band album, and then you go from King Tim the King Tim the Third to LL Cool J to mm-hmm. that whole era to yeah. you know the era after that to you know, finally, you know, Jay Z and Biggie and and Nas and all of that, and then, yeah. you know, you go through <laughs> that whole thing, and then I lived in the South in Jacksonville. And I went through that whole thing, which was which was another big adjustment. Yeah, I thought that move, move, I thought that music was garbage when I first heard it. And Florida's it was coming up so again too. Different. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, that, which is really interesting to me because I didn't even know they had a oh, it was sound
2: like that know? dirty, dirty South sound was. Yeah. I, it was so different to me
1: yeah
2: um and then um you know when i launched power in new york i was reintroduced to new york hip-hop but i really thought at the time that southern hip-hop was competitive if not better yeah Um, it just people were just reluctant to accept it then there was the midwest south if you will um Which people always have a tendency of putting Tupac's face on, but he was really from Baltimore, so I don't know why they always yeah no I wouldn't
1: no I wouldn't yeah (laughs) yeah
2: he was from Baltimore
1: no Um, definitely not Midwest but uh,
2: but uh, you know they they equate that that sound but but I mean I think I think it's great and I think one of the things that I like about the fact that I've been around in all of these eras is I've just come to accept the fact that everybody deserves their time so people Mm. that are critical. Of the current music, people were in the seventies were critical of the, the of letting go of the 60s sound. Mm. Uh, the seventies, uh, the eighties were critical of letting go of the 70s sound. It, you know, but at the end of the day, it's typically um, comes from people's experiences, which will yeah. be different from era to era as right. as the world changes. And, and I think everybody should accept it.
1: That's a bigger conversation now that everybody talks about mumble rap and how trash it is and how. Like, you know, rap sucks nowadays and it's changed so much. And I've always been along, I guess, you know, know what you're saying, like, you know, it's it's a moment in time. It's Mm -hmm. music at the moment. And at the same time, it's not that it's trash. It's just different. You know, like back in like the mid thousands, I went through an emo phase. And mm-hmm. that was super normal for us because for rock music, rock had an emo phase. And, and I feel like this is kind of the emo phase for hip hop a little bit with the, the, you know, the colors in your hair and kind of like the makeup and painting your nails and doing all kinds of stuff like that. It really is kind of like it's happening all over again, but just for hip hop. And I've, yeah. I've always kind of admired the fact that you don't look at anything and say that it's trash, that you don't look at like you, you use like people on your team to get in the middle of those places that you're not familiar with and bring it back to you oh
0: absolutely. and that's
1: yeah, something that i've always admired about you and the way that you run your station a lot of people think that like radio especially real and like corporate radio or super like you know why don't you play any like you know, local music or you know why don't you play some of the newer stuff or something like that and it, it's you know you do and that's what always blows yeah. my mind is like i feel like you try as hard as you can to get a lot of that newer stuff and a lot of that kind of like underground stuff on air. And if it just doesn't do well, then that's, that's what it is. Like, have you ever felt like you go out of your way to make that happen?
2: When you come into a market like this, obviously everybody is an expert, especially people that live here. Yeah. And, um, I always said if you put a radio station on in Los Angeles and you're playing hip hop, you have to be sensitive to the needs and tastes of, of, Latinos in LA because yeah. it's a predominantly Latina market and their experiences are different from the black experience quite honestly yeah definitely um, and what they've been fed is different from um the black audience so there were, I remember having conversations with people when I first got here and uh, like, like they don't like Drake here they don't like this person mm. here they don't like that person here all they like is Snoop and, da, 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 da. and but you know we're a research driven company so you do your research and Drake is at the top, yeah, and J. Cole is right, you know, and and Kendrick, and you're like, like, you guys really aren't right, you know. But those are, you know, people usually make those comments based on the people that they spend time with, and you know, we have a a broader net to cast, and you know, when you're talking about uh, people in Los Angeles, I think some of the sensibilities are a little bit more uh, crossover and rhythmic in taste than some other. But I, but I'm also beginning to hear them accept and feel good about what used to be called hardcore rap I think that label is gone it's 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 the expression is the expression and it is what it is and hits are hits
1: yeah because I do think you you upset a lot of people not that you're trying to but I think you you insult a lot of people in that sense where you're doing your job and Mm -hmm. you know in, in doing your job you're kind of telling other people no and yeah. Oh, yeah. a lot of people do not take kindly to that. And I've realized that through working at real, um, you know, cause I, I, came up in radio the way that I guess they always tell you to internship and then you get a job, you're part-time and then from part-time yep. you go full-time and then all this other stuff. And I, a lot of people, you know, get to kind of skip steps. And for me, I've always yeah. been like super by the book and super like, okay, well, I'm going to do this because I'm told to, and I respect you and AO like you and AO's opinions. Um, because of that, but I, it's interesting Mm -hmm. to see, especially in radio, a lot of people kind of like, you know, their jobs become collateral damage to how they feel. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: um, it doesn't really work out in the end, but I've always admired you for being able to just kind of do exactly what, how you, you know, what you're going to do. And that's Mm -hmm. it. But you also take people's livelihoods (laughs) into consideration. I don't know. It's just, it's hard to explain, but there's like something about you where it's still super like by the book. But you also do everything in a new way. And you make sure I mean, they incorporate I new I think standards. it's crazy
2: and this bothers the crap out of me too. Um, you know, I, I run a station in Los Angeles whose target listener is, is Latina. And I'll look around sometimes and I'll be in a meeting and there won't be anybody Latina in the room and mm. that drives me nuts. And I'm like, No, go find sure. so let's, yeah. let's go find somebody. Um and I know this happens a lot when it comes to programming that's targeted at the African African American community which which is why I ended up getting my job because we needed somebody to speak upon, upon those sense, sensibilities and you know some of the earlier meetings I mean it was it was actually pretty crazy I'm like I'm the only black guy in the room and so you guys have been making the decisions about our yeah. programming with absolutely no connection to this audience whatsoever. Right. And and by virtue of me just making decisions that were based on those sensibilities, you know, I, I began to have a lot of success in this position. And then shortly after that, you started to see us begin to have format captains in other areas. Because it only made sense. Yeah. And, um, but it, it also speaks to the fact that there are other areas that need to have that same type of diversity. Yeah. because if you're making websites for our company and you know our website I would argue the herb, the hip-hop website shouldn't look like the top 40 website which right. shouldn't look like the country website but you got to have people who are from that wake of uh, that that uh, walk of life in order to truly understand you know the the, the, the sensibilities that are needed to make it uh, really speak to the audience if you will so
1: can I ask you one more yeah. question
0: mm-hmm
1: um, since you, Just one more though. okay,
0: <laughs> since
1: <laughs> you were around and, and I, you know, say that n- not trying to call you old or anything, um, I,
2: say, I hear, I hear, a, I hear an age joke in the,
1: no, in not the a joke. Um, it's basically everything to do with the Michael Jackson and R Kelly stuff that's mm-hmm. happening right now. And you've mm-hmm. met these people, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, them personally. Um, what is your take on this? Cause a lot of people, especially in the older, you know, hip hop community are really defending what's going on. And not really, yeah. you know, like it, it's hard to say what exactly happened because these are all like, you know, p- after the fact type situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, R. Kelly's in court. Michael Jackson's passed away. I, did you ever feel as if it really happened?
2: Um, <laughs> I mean, I actually only know, I know Robert. I yeah. don't know Michael. I've met most But you might have met Michael. Except for Michael. No, I, I never met Michael. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but I had heard early on that um Michael's tastes were with young boys and I was I remember when I heard it it was like back in 1990 I was at a convention and someone kind of bleeped it out over drinks and I was are you ki- kidding me and my experience has been in this business when you hear a rumor like that yeah eventually it's going to surface on a bigger level and you I heard that about Robert early on that he liked younger girls yeah um, and I mean it's 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 disturbing disturbing on a lot of fronts yeah as a black as a black man this has been one of the toughest years to see you know Bill Cosby um Michael Jackson uh, yeah. R Kelly uh, Jesse Smollett I mean it's been mm. it's been disturbing
1: that's man. been like, weird.
2: You know, um, off the heels of having one of the most, the classiest men occupy the the seat of president in the United States yeah. of the United States, one of the classiest human beings I've ever seen in my life, you know, Barack Obama to to now see us reduced to having to see other black men uh, get caught up like this, I think that we, as a people, have leaned upon sports and entertainment. As ways to get out of the the community, the hood, if you will. Yeah. And we've been gifted. You know, Michael Jackson is arguably the greatest entertainer I've ever seen in my life. Bill Cosby, brilliant yeah. television guy. R. Kelly, brilliant. But there's something, man, that happens with fame, man. You've heard the term "fame is a drug," and um, I the the one of the one of my favorite. Uh, DJs ever was a guy by the name of Frankie Crocker who grew up in, and I listened to him growing up in, in New York City, and he used to have this saying at the end of his show, um, um, may each of you live as long as you want, never want as long as you live, may each of you live to be 100, but me 100 minus a day so that I don't ever know that nice people like you have gone or passed away or something like that. And I always remember that that thing in my mind, like, man, I want to be th- that famous minus the step that takes me into that world
1: yeah and it's hard to differentiate i think
2: it really is like i just don't want any part of that i got a, I got kids i got a wife i love them i want my kids to be happy i want them to be successful i want them to be educated but man if 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 fame is going to take them to that place where you're you know manipulating children manipulating people um that's disturbing. And it don't, don't even don't even let me get on the case of the parents either because I know there's I some know. really badass parenting <laughs> that's that, involved. Bro,
1: like I, my mom would never let me just be with Michael Jackson for no reason in his bed just because he was Michael Jackson. That Oh my God. Like I watched the documentary and I was like, wait, was was life different in the 80s? Like was this like the way that things went and it was okay for this to happen? My, my parents would have never. But also I don't know how you must have a pressure as, as like a parent, you must feel a certain kind of pressure. If you've never really been able to provide for them the way that Michael Jackson could, yeah. or, you know, like if you've never been around a celebrity before, you know, like yeah. we are all the time, but you know, the, the average person is not. So I can only imagine that kind of, you know, like, Oh, well, I'm doing what's right for my kids, you know, like, of yeah. course, but I just, I, after everything has come out and I've seen the documentaries and everything, I don't really know what to believe. Cause I didn't, I wasn't alive throughout the eighties and nineties. Um, well, the 90s, I was born in 93. But it's just, it's weird. And it's weird to hear yeah, different it's perspectives. It's difficult for me to
2: believe that I would have allowed my kid. Right. Like, I've, I take my kids now. I mean, it's one of the pleasures of of having the job. My daughter is taking them to concerts or taking yeah. them backstage to meet people. But yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not leaving you backstage no. <laughs> with any rapper. It's just not happening. I've taken them to, it. you know, rehearsals of you know singers and stuff like that but yeah there's no numbers being exchanged there's no <sighs> you like two feet next to me and, and again I'm I'm not I'm I'm not in their position where they feel like well I have my child has an opportunity to do something great which I think was part of the whole seduction yeah of Michael but I gotta think in my heart of hearts my my, my, my kids not going to sleep with a grown-ass yes. man yeah
1: like a it's 34 not, year old man no nah, uh, nah,
2: nah, 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 i don't nah, want to
1: leave this on nah. like a bad note so give me like one piece of advice for any young person like my age or younger coming up in this game
2: i think there's a lot of information out here that's misleading in terms of how you get from point a to point b uh your career path yeah a lot of people go small medium large market mm-hmm. um man, there's, there's a God and, and he's going to direct you. He already knows where you're going and he's going to take you there. Enjoy the journey, work hard. The harder you work, there's a, there's a good chance that that journey might, you know, take you to, um, places that you really, really want to go. Um, um, but along the, along that journey, you'll, you'll love, you'll laugh, you'll, you'll, you'll cry, uh, Uh, enjoy it and um i I happen to think it's the the best career that that one could have i'm i'm nervous to see what it's going to be like from five years from now with the advent of digital radio i think our company is taking a leadership leadership position in terms of putting our product and making our product available on on those um in those avenues and so that's exciting but um enjoy it man i think i think a lot of people your age put a lot of pressure on yourselves to be great quickly man and just work hard and 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 be diligent and uh and enjoy the ride cuz you're going to be interviewed by somebody
1: <laughs> on <laughs> yeah. a
2: on a device that's much cooler 10 years from now and oh God, probably see, be able to But even to touch i'm worried you, dude, about oh, like
1: where's radio going to be like even i'm worried like it, i don't even know I don't even know. Like this is a conversation I got to have with you like outside of the podcast. But there there are things that like I'm mm-hmm. even like and, and this is for anybody else who's either like dealing with with the industry in general or like kind of trying to find their own space. Like it, it is kind of hard to know where we're all going. And I think yeah. that's that's the biggest thing uh, for me. But um, I really appreciate you talking to me. I know you're super busy and I know it's been a long ass interview, but thank you so much, <laughs> Doc. All good. <laughs> appreciate it.
0: You're welcome, Brooke Brooke.